Coming up on today's message with Pastor Johnny. He's asking for guidance and instruction to be better equipped during the challenge. Don't make the problem disappear, Lord God. Make me qualified enough to handle it. Ooh-wee. Don't make everybody just get out the way. Give me the knowledge and the skill and the ability to deal with that situation and I'm going to be just that much more better for it. Amen. Let's get into the word. Amen. Uh, Today's passage will come from Psalm 25. I'm going to read the first through the 10th verse. Again, that is Psalm 25, verses 1 through 10. I'm reading the New International Translation of God's word. Uh, Let's see what it has to say for us today. Amen. Hear ye the word of the Lord. In you, Lord my God, I put my trust. I trust in you. Do not let me be put to shame, nor let my enemies triumph over me. No one who hopes in you will ever be put to shame, but shame will come on those who are treacherous without cause. Show me your ways, Lord. Teach me your paths. Guide me in your truth and teach me, for you are God my Savior, and my hope is in you all day long. Remember, Lord, your great mercy and love, for they are from of old. Do not remember the sins of my youth and my rebellious ways. According to your love, remember me, for you, Lord, are good. Good and upright is the Lord. Therefore, he instructs sinners in his ways. He guides the humble in ways and what is right and teaches them his way. All the ways of of the Lord are loving and faithful toward those who keep the demands of his covenant. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Pray with me, church. Oh, Lord, our God, how excellent is your name in all the earth. We thank you for this opportunity to gather once again and be in your word. Lord God, let every word that I speak and every thought that I think be what you would have me to think and speak. Let the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, Lord God, that we can lead people to you in knowing Jesus Christ and the pardon of their sins. In Christ's name we pray, amen. Uh, For the time that we get to share together today, I would like to talk a little bit about anxious Sundays. Anxious Sundays. You know, before becoming a pastor full-time, I used to have standard corporate jobs that I worked uh, with your Monday through Friday schedule. And with all those jobs, I would go through a pattern. You know, you work Monday, get on to a slow start. Uh, By the time you get to Friday, you're a little more relaxed. And then for the weekend, you're really relaxed. 
Friday would feel great. Saturday would feel great too. Sunday in the morning, a little iffy, but by the time we got to Sunday night, it didn't feel as great. And Sunday night felt weird because it meant I was going to have to go back to work. And all of that uh, work that had piled up would be waiting for me. Uh, I loved Friday night when I got off because I could relax, go to the movies, talk to friends. But when Sunday night came, especially if it was a job I didn't like, um, Sunday was stressful. And I would be thinking about all those customers I have to support or the spreadsheets and reports I had to complete or something I may have been working on and, and I have to come back to, to make sure it works right. Uh, and it just became a challenging time. And I know that I am not the only one that felt like that because I'd be at a job with people who couldn't wait till Friday and did not particularly enjoy Mondays. But it wasn't just about work that made people anxious. Um, we live in anxious times. Um, climate change, uh, political polarization, rising crime rates, natural disasters. You know, we don't talk about if a hurricane comes anymore. We talk about when a hurricane comes. Uh, the economic and personal stress of the pandemic. No wonder we feel fear and dread and uneasiness uh, during these times. In addition to that, you can get anxious because of everyday things. Uh, news alerts and notifications on our phone. Uh, many of us not getting enough sleep. Uh, some of us over committing to uh, obligations. Uh, some of us having an unbalanced diet and sometimes including too much caffeine in our diet on top of that Sunday night anxiousness. Uh, it's common for people to feel that kind of anxiousness uh, as the weekend dies down. Uh, Dr. Sanam Hafiz uh, on a website uh, called The Healthy said, when your mind begins to focus on reports and kids' activities and the long list of to-dos you have, it's easy to slip into an anxious state of mind. And many of us, when we know something is coming, like the work week, uh, we will have these things that I call anxious Sundays. And there's another person by the name of Derek Thompson who wrote in the uh, Atlantic that this kind of anxiety comes from the modern psychology of time. Uh, we find Sunday scary because we embrace a modern view of time. Uh, mental health professionals say that we have two modes of thinking, uh, a productivity mind and a leisure mind. And so because we operate in the time that we operate now, Monday through Friday is when we normally have a productivity mind, working hard to show that we are valuable uh, cogs in the machine, showing our industrialness. And then Saturday and Sunday, we activate our leisure mind, uh, which allows us to rest 
and play. But on Sunday, we enter into a tug of war. Uh, we fall into these anxious Sundays because we feel guilty about relaxing over the weekend and apprehensive about what lies ahead. So when your brain realizes that you're in a position where you have something going on in the present and you're also worried about what's going to happen in the future, they conflict with one another. What's going on and what is to come can be hard to hold at the same time. And we have an example of this mental tug of war going on in the passage of scripture in Psalm 25. Uh, David wrote this Psalm 25, which is an acrostic poem uh, utilizing this big old fancy seminary education. An acrostic poem means that it was written uh, alphabetically. And so each one of the, uh, in Hebrew, each one of the phrases was going down the Hebrew alphabet, going one letter at, at a time through that. Uh, Psalm 25 is also a prayer that is focusing on God because David was worried about being put to shame in the future. David was worried about what could possibly happen but had not happened yet. Uh, our focus should be on God. And, and faith and hope mean being open to God's instructions. And focusing on what God has brings the spirit into our lives and the power to stay on the right track. But David was worried. And so he asked God for a few things in prayer. Uh, David realized that he didn't have it all together. David realized that every day was not going to be easy. And so this psalm is an invitation to brokenness. It is an invitation to being vulnerable. It's an invitation to understanding that everything just doesn't come easily. So David says in the psalm, he poetically says to God in so many words, I present my life, my very self to you in prayer. And David can do that because he says, oh my God, in you I trust. He expresses his trust in God by saying that he waits on God. It's hard to wait on people and it's even harder to wait on them if you can't necessarily trust him. But because God, David is trustingly placing his confident hope in God, David anticipates that God will not let him down nor put him to shame. And he will not be ashamed when he faces his enemies. One of the fundamental questions of life that we ask is, in whom do we put our trust? It's a question about people. It's a question about politics. It's a question about the economy. It's ultimately a question about life itself. The question of trust is undoubtedly relevant to the question of truth in how we deal with people, in advertising, in political speech. Can I trust the advertisements that I read in magazines 
or on pop-up ads and websites or on the TV? Can I trust our elected leaders to tell us what is happening truthfully? Can I trust the pastor? Can I trust the professor? Can I trust my friends and family? Who do I put my trust in? That's a difficult place to be in. And one thing that, that I like about Psalm 25 is that David is not asking for his problems to go away. No, 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 no. David is asking, uh, he's asking for guidance and instruction to be better equipped during the challenge. Don't make the problem disappear, Lord God. Make me qualified enough to handle it. Ooh-wee. Don't make everybody just get out the way. Give me the knowledge and the skill and the ability to deal with that situation, and I'm going to be just that much more better for it. I may not like being deceived right now. I may not like the heartbreak right now. I may not like the stress of the situation now, but once I get past it, the next time trouble comes along, I won't feel so bad about it. And even if I feel bad about it, I won't feel so bad about it for long. God, don't make my problems disappear. Help me to be able to fight my battles. And the psalmist, the psalmist is confident in that because he knows that he serves a God that teaches and he knows that he serves a God that leads. And so they are writing this psalm as a testimony. They may not be there yet, but they know what is to come. And they are writing this psalm as a testimony to know that God is tried and true. That this is a, a, a from of old God. That they have a track record of working the things out. David's God, who is our God, shows that he has special care and friendship for those who keep their covenants and decrees. Trust God, wait for God, and live for hope. A good plan for sure, but easier said than done. And when you can't go with the way you want it to go, you can just wait on Lord, wait on the Lord until it happens. The writer knows that he needs help. So he prays, make me to know your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth and teach me for you are the God of my salvation. He is asking to be shown a new way through life, a new path. He's asking to be taught by God and led into the truth of God because he believes that the God of his salvation will save him from destruction. Praise the Lord for the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting and his truth endures through all generations. Trust in the Lord because he'll never leave you nor forsake you. God may not come when you want him, but he is always right on time. You see, when we put our trust in greed, 
people suffer. When we put our trust in politics, people suffer. When we put our trust in division, people suffer. The Bible tells us over and over again to love God and to love our neighbor. And so David was following the right one when he said that God guides the humble and what is right and teaches him it teaches them his way, rather. So we must put our trust in the right one, and that right one is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the creator of everything, the one with dominion and power, the one that is excellent in all his ways, a father to the fatherless, great and greatly to be praised. He's holy. He's immaculate. He's just. He's the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He's magnificent in all his ways. He's near us at all times. He's omnipresent, omnipotent, and omniscient. He's powerful beyond measure. He's qualified to run my life. He's righteous. In him, I put my trust. He is unchanging. He is victorious. He is wonderful in all his ways. He's the Christos. That's the Chi for X and the Greek word for Christ. His yoke is easy and his burden is light. He is the zenith of all creation. So that is the one that I can wait on. That is the one that I can put my trust in. That is the one that will give me what I need to make it to where I need to go. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the doors of the church are open and we invite you to come. Pray with me, church. Oh, Lord, our God, how excellent is your name in all the earth. We thank you for this opportunity to study your word, Lord God. We ask that it be a seed that is planted in good soil and produces a great harvest. We ask that your Holy Spirit be with us and let us know that we can wait on the Lord, that we can trust in the Lord, and that we can live a life of hope in the Lord. Lead us, guide us, and guard us as we go throughout the day and the weeks and the months and the years. Let your Holy Spirit do a work that if there are those who, who don't know Christ in the pardon of their sins, that they'll want to get to know him and ask, what must I do to become saved? It is in the precious, perfect, powerful name of Jesus the Christ we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for watching this video. Please be sure to like, comment, subscribe, and share. Don't forget to connect with me on social media, Pastor Johnny Simpson Jr. on Facebook, at Pastor J. Simp Jr. on Instagram and Twitter. Thanks again for watching, and God bless.